This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, snitches get stitches as we watched spine 129 of the Criterion Collection, Jacques Becker's La True from 1960. But first, RJ, it's, it's August, so it's like for wildfires and smoky as shit again. Yeah, it is really smoky. God, you know, uh, God damn it. Maybe there's something to the, all this environment talk. No. You, do you think no. That's, you think there could be something here? <laughs> I mean, there's forest fires. All-time record highs for the last month, like, I think, globally. Well, we're coming off of, like, one of the coldest average winters in so that, recorded history, and now we're heading toward, like, one of the hottest uh, in modern history so yeah i don't know i don't know rj maybe it's, one of those... it's, it's the environmentalists they're they're causing all this by pumping green mm. energy into the air mm. are they... you one of those people who brings a snowball in and it says there can't be global warming look at this uh-huh. and then you laugh and you laugh mm-hmm. gotta be careful otherwise you might be taken off of, offline off all those social platforms for speaking well, I... the truth I think people will remember we're on the right side of history. That's right. The right side of history. Yeah, the alt-right. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, how's it going? It's fine. How's wedding life? Uh, Wedding life was good. Oh, yeah, I did go to a wedding this weekend. Okay, just to be clear, you're not getting married. You're just going to weddings after weddings. Wedding after wedding. wedding. I think we just hit five. So far since May, uh, we have one which is split into two for some reason next month, uh, which will be six and seven, I guess. And then uh, there is another one uh, that I would like to go to, but it's that one's kind of far away, so it, it might be tough to get to. So mm. that's it's unfortunate because that's the one I would like to go to out of, most out of any of them. So that's that's eight. Yes. Wow. Oh, there was one we couldn't attend because we were at a different wedding the same weekend. So, seven that we are going to, but invited to eight. It's a bunch of horse shit, Jarrett. Yeah. Uh, this one was actually fun. Uh, like, I mean, they, the ones that I've gone to, they've been fun. It's just like, just like a lot to do, you know? Right. Because it's like every weekend, it's either the wedding or the stagette or the stag or the bridal shower. Or this, or that, or this, or that. And it's like, man, I just want a weekend where I can sit in my underpants, get some KFC delivered to me, and uh, maybe a McCain cake, and just fucking be an animal. And just not leave my house for two days, Mm -hmm. you know? Isn't that the best feeling ever when you don't leave your house for like two, three days? Oh, man. I I love those occasions. Yeah, and you're just lying on the couch, blowing ass all day. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So uh, this weekend, we have nothing lined up so far. Wow. But uh, life has been pretty hard on us the last little while, so I wouldn't be surprised if Saturday morning we got a call that we needed to go do something or some other horse shit. Pretty much. But yeah, we were at a wedding in Montana, in Eureka, Montana, and the uh, wedding was at a bar called the Trapper Saloon. <laughs> uh it was it was actually it was really fun uh the people getting married are, it's a friend of mine and uh they're very kind of low-key 
they like to have fun. They're there for a good time, Jarrett. Not a long time, like you're, uh, like we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was like in a bar down in Montana, and there's maybe like a, maybe a hundred people there. So uh, a bunch of my family went, my brother and both my sisters. So we went down in a big convoy, got kind of piled up real good, real hot and heavy like. I threw up behind a bus at like eight o'clock. Hmm. So uh, uh, that was good. That was good. But I, you'll be happy to know I went back to the party and I made it until about 1230. And then we had to had to call it at that point. Uh. So but, uh, you know, it was good. It was fun. I don't really have a. There was nothing real crazy. I got. Uh, we did some grocery shopping before we came home. Whew. And uh, I got uh, these new Doritos. They're called Dorito uh, Blaze. And holy fuck, these things will blow out your butt like crazy hot. You do you remember? I came to like a WrestleMania one time with you, and I got those Doritos. Those uh roulette Doritos, where it was like every one in five was like super hot. Vaguely. Did you ever try those when I brought those? No. You fucking... Come on. So anyways, this whole bag is like that one in five. That's really hot. I haven't even opened it yet. I'm kind of scared. But uh, I'm pretty excited. And that's kind of how my uh, my week has been going. I've been really looking forward to eating these Doritos sometime. Fascinating. I got some cereal. You know, cereal that you can't buy up here in Canada. Always getting my cereal. Captain Crunch Berries. Raisin Band Crunch. Anything with crunch in the title, I usually pick up. Cruncharoos? No, that's not a thing, Jared. It was. It's not a thing. Anyways, that's my life. What's going on with you, nerd? Oh, man. Nothing. D&D and all the time. Oh, I, I wish I was D&D and all the time. Life would be really good if that were the case, but it's only once a week. No, I mean, I have no idea. Uh, I was just mentioning to a friend, I have no idea what's going on with my life. Why I'm like... There's like no time to watch movies anymore. Um, I work. I'm working technically less than I do during this proper school year, but here I am, unable to accomplish anything. It's, uh, are you are you real. going into depression or coming out of depression? Neither. Like I don't know. I don't feel like bad or anything like that. I just don't see. No, I've I've zero interest in watching a lot of movies because I feel like if I start watching them, my attention won't be on them. And mm-hmm. as I've said before, I just don't see a point uh, in wasting my time in the movies. Time that's disrespectful to to, just, the, to the cinema, RJ. Oh, oh. <laughs> I think it's just those summer months, man. I'm a I definitely have fatigue too. Yeah. The last little while, I think we're getting way less. Well, I was getting real bummed out too because I realized I'm like we're like halfway through August and I'm like shit. I usually like to watch some westerns in August and I haven't like I haven't watched anything. It's like I'm like God damn, I have to get this Criterion down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like fuck. I'm, what else am I going to talk about? Nothing. Gonna, well, we we could just end it forever. And, and, we'll, we'll record the podcast if we're dead. Uh, we can have friends of the show pick it up. Yeah, we'll, we'll, or we uh, could we could we'll, just we'll, get Hammy we'll, we'll, to do it. We'll share the passwords. Uh, share share the Patreon wealth. Transfer that. Uh, the password is farts uh, for all of them. Okay. Yeah. Damn it, RJ! Uh, now I have to try and change all the passwords. Just change it to butts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and then and then you're fine. I'll definitely um, do that. I don't know, Jared. I think it's just summer. I'm getting. I'm not having a lot of things watched either. Uh, I. Only like I only had two movies basically this week. I just squeezed another one in real quick, but uh, I've noticed that with a lot of people though. Like on my letterbox, there's like some people who are like 
hard into it. Uh, they're still watching tons and tons and tons of movies. But uh, I see some others, some of our listeners and others are like, you know, watching a, you know, low-key amount of movies for... for uh, it's just summer, dude. It's just them, those summer days, my man. There's better options out there. Just those summer days. Mm-hmm. Well... What are you going to do? If uh, I guess if you don't watch movies, you can uh, just listen to a podcast about two guys who also don't watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> which I believe it was a review we got one time. Two guys who don't watch movies don't talk about Criterion. Wasn't that what that infamous review oh, was titled? Man. You're, you're just, that really, uh, you really, it's really stuck with you, huh? You know what? That guy sucked, okay? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That guy sucked big time. You, you and Okay, uh, folks. Someone out there listening, give us a hateful review. Replace that, this guy from, like, years ago now uh, i give, actually give, give, give i got a, a good review of the show uh from a, a new friend of the show a new listener uh he described us as the uh the full moon entertainment of podcasts <laughs> oh. which i think is pretty you know what? that's that's, that's uh that's some shade i think yeah uh i think he was right though i mean this is the we, charles we band suck. we are charles band selling like Fucking mm-hmm. RJ dolls, one-to-one replicas in shitty boxes, pa- badly painted. Hey, actually, I did I did say something last week about uh, any new patrons or people who emailed in. I'd give them my, uh, my personal Snapchat and send them pictures of my underpants um, and eating phallic things, remember? Well, hey, we did get a new uh, patron this week. Uh, well, shout out to Eric. Thanks for joining the exclusive club of giving us money. Mm. Uh, RJ's uh, uh, underwear picks are coming at you. Yeah, email into the show so we know who you are, and you're you're going to be getting some hot, hot butt crack pictures of a uh, somewhat thirty, slightly overweight uh, <laughs> white male. Uh, the rarest of uh, the rarest of breeds. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm a I'm a good Berta boy, you know. What are you What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I yeah. Boys gotta eat. Boys gotta eat. Fuck. Uh. Anyway. Um. Uh, yeah, man. So life's like fine. Uh. House hunting update. It sucks. People who say mm-hmm. it's fun are fucking idiots. Uh. Yeah. Get, get 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 your life straight and your priorities straight because you're lying to yourself. It's not fun. You're a moron. It sucks. It's stressful. There's nothing but disappointment and frustration. Mm. It, this is why I've been delaying it for so long. And RJ, the thing that's like come to my mind is like if I'm still in the midst of like looking for a fucking house and then find something and I'm moving in goddamn October, guess what that means? Mm. Cuts into my movie watching in goddamn October, the magic month. Do you recall that I moved houses last October? It can be done. I still watched, I think I got 40 movies in. Yeah, that, that's chump change. Yeah, um, I know, but you don't, yeah, but right now you're not watching movies anyways. So. No, but that's when I'm coming back, man. I'm also, that's when I'm going to make oh, my comeback. Sure. You'll, you'll see, you'll see, coach. Oh. Sure. I'll show the world. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, and uh, you're a bad person. God damn. There's just like, so the worst experience for me. It's like you're looking at a house and you're like, this isn't too bad. It's in the price range. It's not like dream home or anything like that. But this this has got some possibilities. And then you get to that basement suite. You're cl- and then you're like, ooh, kitchenette. Nothing, mm. no, nothing, nothing just kills the soul like a fucking kitchenette. Because yeah. you just know that place is abused to shit. And now you have to spend money to get rid of that crap. 
because you know what yeah. Every, everyone thinks at some point you know i'm going to make a little bit of extra money i'm going to get someone else to help pay for my mortgage mm -mm -mm. and no it's never worth it and now it's like i'm going to pass this shit on to somebody else sucker because mm -hmm. if we'll be like seduce some realtor I'll be like yeah it'll be a great little there's one i read the other day this guy like actually described the uh the, the suite as an illegal suite this is like a professional oh, realtor no, uh that that's actually just a uh, house talk so illegal. Uh, no, because there's there's been I, non I, I, non I non. Means, it should be it should mean non. What you should be saying is non-conforming, right? Not yeah. illegal. <laughs> illegal suite. Yeah, yeah. That's a bad uh, bad call on their part. Uh, yeah. What was that realtor's name? So we can uh, we can uh, well, you can blast him you, on here. You can uh, make send your comments onto Courtney Atkinson. Uh, oh, he is a a mogul in this town. He is, but and he's all about talking about. Hey, you can make some illegal money. <laughs> nice. I'm I'm a professional. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel good about this. Yeah. I feel good about this. This is all in the public record, so I'm not saying anything yeah. that's not out there. He's telling you you can make uh, you can have an illegal suite. Mother of God. So anyway, well, painful. It's all painful, man. I hate it. And uh, I don't know how your brother uh, fucking wants to do this for a living or is, or is a side hustle. He, it's a it's a side gamble for him. Uh, it's not his main uh, source of income. He has two other jobs, auctioneer and farmer. Uh, but he does do it on the side. And uh, he does say some days are awful frustrating. Mm -hmm. Well, especially, awful frustrating. especially when uh, everyone's favorite prime minister is doing things. Those are, I'm sure, mm -hmm. painful days. Yep, that's true. Yeah, we uh, he ain't a big fan of that those guys, but uh, you know mm. enough of that. <laughs> enough of that. Uh, so hey, Jer, Yo. did you watch any movies this week? Not a one, save uh, Le True. Really? So there's no creeping on for you, hey? Not a not a fucking and thing. Unless, thing unless I... you'd like an update on my uh, D and D campaign. I I'm I'm gonna speak for everyone and say that nobody would like to hear about that. Are you sure? Okay, well, if anyone would like to hear, you can email in. Oh, actually, we did get feedback from another friend of the show, oh. uh, Mr. Lawrence Krychek oh, from yeah. the X-Files. Yeah. Uh, he uh, messaged me to tell me that I cannot have his Nintendo Switch for free. Uh, but <laughs> he said he was also excited for uh, those Smash Bros. characters. So oh. I guess it's 50-50. Uh, Good news, bad news. Huh. Well, I mean, I mean, those weren't emailed in those are direct messages so i mean mm -hmm. you're just exposing our audience with this information uh violating privacy i'm mm. sure in some way but mm. uh fuck it this is the, this is 2018 folks yeah this is this is the new normal yeah. did yeah. we get any actual feedback this week no no i see uh, our youtube pages are blowing up with comments Ooh, girl yeah we are YouTube, some hell of a thing. People on YouTube like listening mm -hmm. to just guys talking about stuff. You don't even have to have fucking images of those people talking. You can just have, like, literally a still image, and people tune in. It's crazy. Not, not this part, though. No, they don't hear this. They maybe don't hear, maybe they don't, that's why it's so successful. I, I think so, because they don't have to listen to the, uh, the preamble, uh, which I mm. feel is essential, quintessential creeps talk listening. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what are you without the preamble? Uh, where we talk about how Jarrett doesn't watch movies mm -hmm. and how no one's interested in his D&D. &D. Uh, how I'm a really cool guy. Everyone thinks I'm awesome. You don't You do not do what's right for business by doing what people say, like 
playing Metal Gear Solid, but doing the opposite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, it was three three votes for Metal Gear Solid. Or no, wait, it was two four. Metal Gear won for neither, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I chose to go for the one that got zero votes. Yep. But hey, you know what? It was good. It was good timing because I did it during our week off, so no one wanted to hear about it anyways, and I barely talked about it, and I got it out of my system. It's no. done. It's done. It's done. Like this podcast. Damn right. So hey, RJ, what have you what? been creeping on this week? A little bit. <laughs> A little bit, Jared. Um, so... I'll just I'll finish up last week's talk about Men in Black. We watched Men in Black 3. This one on Netflix, not on Amazon Prime, although it was on there too. But I didn't want to take a gamble on a, a movie that I had never seen uh, not having the subtitles up there. Because, I mean, when Men in Black 1 came up without subtitles, I still remembered those scenes pretty good. And I was telling Andrea, I was like, oh, this is what they're saying. And she's like, how do you remember that? I was like, I watch this movie a lot, man. I know what's going on. Uh, anyway, so Men in Black 3, Jared, came out couple years ago and as a self-proclaimed fan of the franchise uh, you might be wondering why had I never seen this mm-hmm. um, and I think I was scared to be honest I'm, I'm willing to admit that you I think I was you, scared you didn't want your heart broken well it's one of those things it's don't ever meet your heroes and sometimes dead is better like uh, Arrested Development sometimes dead is better it should probably shouldn't have came back yeah. uh, so Men in Black 3 uh, involves uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. They're they're still at it. Tommy Lee Jones is looking old, very old. And this was six years ago. So well, what was the gap between two and three? Uh, six or seven years. Yeah, yeah. Because three came out in two thousand and twelve, and I think two came out in two thousand and six. What was the gap between Men in Black one and two? No, that's ten years. Ten yeah, years. yeah. Okay, yeah, I think uh, between one and two is six years, yeah. and then between two and three is ten years. So, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones is looking old, like real old. Isn't that why he's phased out for a sexy younger younger agent? Yeah, well, it's it's the same one. So the, the play on this one is that uh, the bad guy – oh, this actually fits in with the podcast this week because this is a prison movie technically. Oh. <laughs> uh, for five ten minutes, oh. uh, the the new villain in this one is uh, Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. Oh yeah, as a alien that has like finger things coming out of him, and uh, he's okay in this. Uh, he does not ever have a lot to do, and I was always kind of just like, ah, eh, he's all right. Um, so, anyways, this guy doesn't like Tommy Lee Jones, so he goes back in time and kills him, uh, and everyone forgets that Tommy Lee Jones existed except Will Smith. So Will Smith goes back in time, and he meets young Tommy Lee Jones, played by your close personal friend, Mr. Josh Brolin. Oh. Yeah, so uh, that he wasn't phased out. They just went back in time. So it's Will Smith in the 60s. Um, this has some of the trademark wit and, and style that uh, the other two have. Uh, I liked it, but it is nowhere near, I think, the prestige of Men in Black 2. Or the elegance of Men in Black One. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, it's two good. words you never thought you'd hear in reference to MIB. Uh, maybe you never thought you would hear, but I I, I talk about these movies frequently in those those terms. So, anyways, uh, yeah, it's it's not bad. It's there are there are parts of it that I think are a little less. They're not they're not great. 
Like there, there are certain things that happen. You're like, eh. like it's this one. I think is more dated than the other two because of how fast things move in this world now. So even six years ago, stuff that they thought were good in that one, I was like, mm, I don't know. And uh, there's some other characters, and there's some just use, useless stuff. Like they introduce new characters that like lead MIB instead of Rip Torn, and it's like you're not as interesting, Emma Thompson. Aww. And it's like, I don't know, there's that. And then they like they do this kind of like um, they try to do this thing where they like bring this real emotional punch to it. And I think it's I think it's successful. But I was thinking something else would have happened. But like we were talking about it when I watched with Andrea and she's like, I think your ending was good. Like the one I suggested. But she's like, but these are like bottom line kids movies and your ending is really depressing. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. So anyways, I won't spoil that for you, but. That's uh, Men in Black Three. It's uh, it's definitely the bottom of the three, but uh, it's still enjoyable. And by the way, Jer, uh, did you know that they're making a new Men in Black right now? Uh, yeah, I guess I did know that. Uh, and it's going to take place in England, Ooh. starring Thor Whoa. and uh, the lady who was in Thor Three. Kate Blanchett. No, not her. That would be cool, but no. So anyways, that was my uh, recap of Men in Black. Huh. There you go. So I watched another movie, Jared. Uh, and I watched this. Uh, we watched this Sunday when we came home from Montana. We were really tired. And we were like, just throw something on, whatever. Um, so we watched, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Paul Rudd. And you know, I'm a big fan of Jason Siegel. So we watched a little I Love You, Man. You ever seen I Love You, Man? Can't say as I have. Okay, so I Love You, Man, Jared, is a movie about Paul Rudd. He's always been girlfriend. He's always had a girlfriend. He's never really had any boyfriends. So he uh, gets, uh, he proposes to his girlfriend. Hey, what's going on back there? You opening up some tinfoil? So someone's uh, digging around in tinfoil, making a racket. the garbage or what? Yeah, some wild dog. Sounds like a raccoon's digging through your cans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I talking about? Okay, so Paul Rudd proposes his girlfriend, and uh, she's really happy, and then she has all her friends over, and she's got like seven, eight friends, and they're all going to be her bridesmaids. Uh, and then you find out that Paul Rudd has zero friends. No Whoa. no friends. So uh, this movie is about him uh, dating men to try to find friends, and hopefully someone to be his best man. So he goes through a series of dates mm-hmm. uh, uh, with some old guys, some young guys, some gay guys, Lots of guys. Uh, Lou Ferrigno is in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, a really old guy is in this. Whoa. Um, you got some Andy Samberg. You got a little J.K. Simmons pre-Oscar. So Paul Rudd's going around, and then he uh, meets Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel's talking about farts. Uh, he's having a good time. And you find out he was a guy who was the friend of a group, but everyone else got married and had kids, and now he's left out on his own. So uh, it's a story about friendship and love and new relationships and, you know, just finding your place in the world, Jared. Sounds like some real adult themes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A few, a few. Uh, I think I Love You, Man is pretty good. I think out of these movies, uh, it's better than a good chunk of them, but it's not <laughs> as good as the best of them. Do you know what I mean in any way, shape, or form? You heard it here. You heard, you heard it here first. It's not as good as Forgetting Sarah Marshall. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is nowhere near the uh, the bad rewatching that is like say knocked up or something like that. Uh, so uh, it's pretty good. It's it's a decent enough watch, I think. So I watched one more movie, Jared. Okay. Uh, I just watched it about ten minutes ago. But before I talk about that, I want to talk about something else very briefly. The last couple days, Andrea just finished uh, watching a TV show. She watched a show called uh, That Doesn't Matter. Anyways, she was looking for a new show. Uh, and when we were watching, oh, we've been watching Castle Rock, and it stars Bill Skarsgård, right? Yeah. And uh, Andrea's like, man, this guy's so weird looking. I was like, yeah, he is weird looking. Uh, I was like, it's also weird because his brother's like a supermodel or something. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? So I showed her a picture of, uh, I think his name is Alexander Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, I know that guy. What show is he from? I was like, I think it was from that True Blood show. And she's like, oh, yeah. Is that any good? I was like, I don't know. I've never seen it. Uh, so we, or, uh, she has oh. been watching True Blood oh, the last no. oh, days. Oh, God. Have you ever heard of this show? Yes, Garrett? I'm aware. I've, I've never watched that show much. Okay. But what I've seen of it, it's it's shit. It's... Okay, so here's the score on True Blood. Yeah. Since you didn't watch any movies, I'm going to tell you about this. Do it. My my personal history with True Blood is I, I saw, I've only ever seen one episode, uh, and it was seven years ago in a hotel in China. It was the only English channel on, and I watched it. And all I can remember of it was, like, these fancy guys with braids on horses speaking like colonial proper english and they're they were like someone in your pack uh trespassed in my land with my women and i was like oh what is this show and i always thought it looked really stupid and then i remember in the last season a couple years ago uh it got just completely panned by people because they're like man this show fucking sucks now but i also remembered it being really popular for a lot of years people loved that show yeah so we were like, oh, whatever, we'll, we'll throw it on. We'll try to watch it. True Blood is fucking ridiculous. I've never seen a show like this before. I don't know how this show was so popular. I don't know if it's just really dated now. No. Because so uh, season one aired 2008, so that's 10 years ago. It is beyond goofy. Like, it's really kitschy and like, I don't know how to. Camp? So there's th- yeah, it's really campy. Like, the vampires move really fast. It's, like, sped up, and you're like, ugh. And then the the way things happen, the way things are going, it's really hokey. And I don't know, man. We, like, even, like, Andrea also, she's like, yeah, this show's really dumb. But she's also still watching it anyways because we don't have cable. And uh, she's like, well, we have the first season. I'll watch it anyways. But uh, I just want to see what your opinion was because I know people were really hot on that movie or that TV show. Yeah. But uh, as far as I'm concerned... True Blood's uh, true shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I remember uh, Chanel's like brothers, brother, sister. Someone, someone was watching True Blood, mm-hmm. and I remember like just catching parts of it and just being like, "This is crap!" Like mm-hmm. the the actors are just like mugging it up, and yep. it's just super. It's like so poppery, but like not in a good way uh every like the production values were like very tv but like kind of be like mm-hmm. trying to be a like, cable tv level and just like yeah for tv stuff from that era mm-hmm. it's like it was bad for that period of time but it definitely had a following people were really into it but yeah i can only imagine how badly it's aged because uh, like i think even like probably mm-hmm. some good stuff from that period has probably not aged well at all yeah. 
Well, it was just after like one episode, uh, we were like, holy shit. Because Andrew's like, this is because uh, at the end, the HBO thing came up. She's like, this was HBO. She's like, this is a far cry from a um, fucking Game of Thrones, which we oh, just watched this yeah, year. Well, and I was like, yeah, I was like this. Like, but is it was like, wasn't it for when it was Martin, airing? Wasn't Martin? it HBO's big show? No, it was like uh, they had other stuff going on, but it was like kind of like a in between. Like it did OK, yeah. but yeah. Anyways, that show sucks. Yeah, not a fan. You know what? I know you are a fan of what? Uh, Reform Schoolgirls. Oh, from 1986. Yeah. So I just watched this bad boy. Fuck yeah. Uh, directed by Tom DeSimone. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this movie was on my watch list, but it was. Yeah. And so I watched it. Yeah, well, I think. Well, I think maybe I told you when you were like watching your like sorority girl type movies and your yeah. nightmare sisters t- things. I'm like, you know what movie fits this like feeling and does it really well? Reform mm-hmm. School Girls. Yeah, and uh, so I also because uh, as Oliver pointed out, we are professionals here. So I was trying to get some more prison movies this week, right? To go with our theme. So I watched Reform School Girls, which is loosely a prison movie. It is because it, it is like yeah, but is it Reform School? It's it's got a warden. It's got uh, guards. And she, yeah, yeah. It's a woman in prison movie. Yeah. So I don't I don't think you've ever talked about this movie before. Not, on, not the on the podcast. No. Yeah. So this movie starts, and you're introduced to some bad girls doing some bad things. They're running people over. They're getting into gunfights, and then uh, quickly you see them all being kind of, um, what's the word? Like chartered into this jail. Yeah. Or whatever. So, anyways, you get you you're introduced to this group of like six, seven new girls, and they go to this women's prison, and you see that things are tough, baby. These wardens are hard bitches. Uh, the one lady, she's big, she's gross, she's got like dirty hair, she's smoking cigarettes, eating chocolate. She's really mean. And they strip the girls, and they like hose them down, and they spray them with DDT. Uh, and there's a shot where they make the girls bend over and they're shooting DDT mist like directly into their butts. Uh, I thought that was really funny because that's in the opening credits still. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, this show is really going for it. So then they get introduced to the bunks and you see lots of badass chicks. There's girls in their underpants. They're pumping iron. They're getting into fist fights with each other. Uh, it's like bunk beds, but they all have like chains hanging from them and like handcuffs. Like, this is some 80s shit, Jared. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you have the main, uh, you're, I think you're on the, the side of, like, the new people in the jail, the new girls. And you see them, they m- make friends with some girls. But then there's also, like, the lead bitch in this prison. She's always in underpants. And she's always lifting weights. And uh, she doesn't like these girls. And they got a, they got a serious problem. Um, so you, you get some play with them, they fight each other, then they all get in trouble by the warden, you get some cool stuff like toothbrushes that have razor blades instead of the brush, just Mm kind of all together, uh, you get women working on laves, making, uh, license plates, uh, this is like peak women in prison stuff, um, this movie is pretty good, 
Uh, I was really on board until they find a cat. Oh, yeah. Uh, a cuddly little kitten. And then that fat, gross lady, uh, she stomps on it. And I was like, man, come on. It's like, you don't need that in this fucking movie. Because I was, I was on board up until that point. And that's like two-thirds of the way through. I was like, man, they almost had me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Reform School Girls. I don't know if you have anything to add. It's, it's pretty good. Like, it's just like nudie girls fighting each other and working in prison and, and that's about it so you know if you're listening to this you might be a creep and you might like reform school girls yeah but if you are a, a kind heart heart like me and you don't want to see kittens getting stomped on then maybe you won't it doesn't show it no but uh you know it's implied i think i remember when that scene happened i think i even remember saying oh yeah it's got a scene that you won't like rj but that was like you know two years ago yeah, and I don't remember because, uh, as I've mentioned many times, I don't remember when I put movies in my watch list. I just I go to it sometimes. I'm like, oh, I don't even know what this is, but I was interested in it once. Might as well check it out. That's right. So there you go, hot, my man. Hot dog. That's uh, all of the watching we have, I guess. Oh, well, you know what I watched this week? I thought you didn't watch anything. Well, that's kind of true. I didn't watch any movies. No, RJ. I'm, I'm a nerd and without a life. And, what did uh, you do? Well, on YouTube, I came across a series uh, by these video caster types called Blind Wave. Oh, God. They're a couple of your typical bearded dudes chortling along, mm-hmm. playing, but they set up the camera to record them like doing like reaction videos to nerd culture stuff. But uh, at some point along the line, and this is how I came across it, they started recording themselves doing a uh, a dungeon crawl using the game system <sighs> Dungeon Crawl Classics. They've done uh, like no, like at least sixteen episodes, uh, all about an hour each of them just uh, playing D and D. But it's Dungeon Crawl Classic, and uh, so that's what I've been doing in my evenings because it's easy to watch and. Uh, Role-playing rules. We probably lost about three fans of the show just now because <laughs> of that. People don't like how nerdy you are, you nerd. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, I guess that's that, hey, Mattress? Yep, so that's what I watched. And, uh, yeah, Dungeon Crawl Classics is a game system. It really brings you back to that crunchy first edition experience where life really means something and your character might just die at the drop of a hat. Yeah. I had a couple dungeon crawlers on uh, the SNES, no. the SNES, the Super Nintendo, but I sold those bad boys because those games were lame. <laughs> no, I think I have one still, but I sold a couple of them. You make some of that uh, that green. Some of that green, yeah. Well, you know what's all about that green? We don't all have that uh, cry check money buying switches left and right. Yeah, you mean that... having a full time job? Yeah, that's true. That's part of it. No, yeah, that helps. That's part of it. Yeah. Mm. Hey RJ, you got any news for us? No. Cool. Uh, I read something. Uh, this this is going out to Oliver. Apparently, New Zealand has like st- stopped letting foreigners buy property there. So that uh, that, that that rules out us uh, moving and settling in next door. I guess. 
Well, that that really spoils our plan. That's what all those Patreon bucks mm-hmm. were going towards was mm-hmm. uh, a little, a nice little cottage in the hills where they shot uh, Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers. Yeah, hanging out with yeah. Jermaine Clement and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was all gonna happen, and now uh, hanging out with Sam Neill. <laughs> now our life is shit again. Yeah. All down the crapper. Uh, my my other my real news, I guess, is uh, Criterion's November releases that just came out today. Mm-hmm. Anything like, good? Well, RJ, uh, once again in another uh, confluence of us talking about movies, uh, we covered this in our Criterion Laserdisc creep uh, in our 100th episode, <gasps> uh, and the magnificent Ambersons is coming to Criterion Blu-ray. That's pretty good for us. Woo. 100 episodes. Yeah. Remember that? That was like nine episodes ago. It's crazy. Was it? I think so. Uh, yeah. So there you go. That's so it's, it's now back in the, the Criterion family proper. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We also actually, it's like a, a few Warner Brothers types of movies. We got True Stories, which I actually talked about not that long ago either. Is that the crying, uh, talking heads? Yeah, David Byrne thing. That yeah. that little odd piece of cult filmmaking. So that's coming to Blu-ray on from the Criterion, which is cool because the uh, DVD that's been available all these years, it's just like a full frame. So this will hopefully mm-hmm. be a good restoration of that movie. That's like worth watching. It's not like it's not mm-hmm. like a movie that anyone should love maybe but someone probably does uh and mm-hmm. we also got some like it hot getting that who likes m- it hot some oh, okay marilyn monroe jack lemon mm-hmm. if they like it hot we could use more jack lemon in the criterion collection yeah, i think uh yeah absolutely or possibly even better we could use a little more walter Matthau. old walt mao Mm-hmm. Yep. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And we also want to get uh, a uh, a new one to me. A story from Chikamatsu uh, from director Kenji Mizuguchi. Uh, cool. I guess uh, we haven't got to any of his movies yet at this point, but there's a bunch of him in here in mm-hmm. that collection. And then you have uh, the Ingmar Bergman Super Collection for his hundredth birthday. Is that going to kill us? Well, that's just. A, a big package. They did that with uh, Kurosawa uh, several mm-hmm. years ago. With that big, uh, big edition with like thirty-five movies. Bergman things will be super packed. I think it's got some mods and ends that aren't available outside of it, like some TV mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, cool. I guess. Hmm. Yeah. I guess that's cool. I guess. If you say so. Yep. Um. Any other news bits? Huh? Nah. All right. Well, let's go to prison then. Uh. Women's prison? After the break, uh, I'm going to shoot RJ in the arm. Wait, does that happen? There was a friend of mine on murder And the judge's gavel fell Jory found him guilty Gave him 16 years Make a chain break. Oh, I wish that I could fly. All in the name 
Mon ami Jacques Becker a retracé dans tous les détails une histoire vraie, la mienne. Ça s'est passé en 1947, à la prison de la Santé. s'évader mon vieux. D'ici D'ici même. Ça, en gros, c'est le plan du sous-sol de la prison. Oui. Ouais, je comprends, mais d'après toi, on se trouve la descente du coup. Mais il la surveille, regarde. J'ai jamais éprouvé ça. C'est la première fois de ma vie que je me sens bien dans ma vie. Ouais, qu'est-ce que vous nous voulez Raconte-nous ce qui s'est passé. Balcon Mais quoi Qu'est-ce que tu as Gaspard Quoi Qu'est-ce qu'il y a Ça y est, regarde And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Latro from 1960, directed by Jacques Becker. The synopsis here from our friends on Letterbox.com. Four, yeah. <laughs> our good friends, RJ. Four prison inmates have been hatching a plan to literally dig out of jail when another prisoner, Claude Gaspard, is moved into their cell. They, they take a risk and share their plan with the newcomer. Over the course of three days, the prisoners and friends break through the concrete floor using a bedpost and begin to make their way through the sewer system. Yet, their escape is anything but assured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, prison movies, RJ. Yeah, I love them. They're almost always oh. great. They're they're almost always pretty good to great. Why what is, are some pretty good great ones? Why is that? Why are prison movies so good? Um, everyone loves that Shawshank Redemption, right? Come on, you're better than this. You're better than that, right? Why Why do you like prison movies? I don't because know. Because you like seeing men go through like hard times and yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, men's underwear and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it really appeals to my inner incel. No, no, it's yeah. forced celibacy. I think maybe it's it's like one of those dark fantasy things because people are like, ooh, man, prison's scary. I wouldn't want to be there, but I do want to watch it. Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, I, I mean, yeah. it's like kind of a it's because I mean, cinema is kind of always kind of talked about by a lot of people as escapist fantasy. So, prison as a setting for a movie is kind of unusual because that is the opposite of an escape. But it makes mm-hmm. sense that a prison, if you want to see it as like a metaphor for life and escaping from the humdrumness of one's day to day life, breaking mm-hmm. through. You see, you see, RJ. Break on through to the other side. Yeah, and if you want to start bringing in that uh, that old Foucault and his uh, views on uh, systems and the prison of life. What do you mean Foucault? Foucault, Michel Foucault, French philosopher, con- the, of the continental type, 
Good Boom stuff, crow. man. You're going to read about that discipline and punishment. It's great stuff. No, I, I'm pretty happy with the life I live. I don't think I need to. That's right. You know, a movie here and there is all I really need to get my, my glance at the world behind the bars. That's right. Um, I'm just looking here, RJ, because you know what? Mm-hmm. On Letterboxd, I keep track of my prison movies. But we'll talk We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Okay. So, Le True. I uh, actually even looked up on YouTube up the pronunciation of true. Um, is it not Latrow? Le, no, it's not Latrow. Latrow. Uh, it, it is Latrow. And that is for the whole. Hey, I took four years of French in primary school. Uh, I believe it is Latrow. <laughs> you got to say it with that, like, uh. That's that Quebecois, ugly French. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Eastern Canada. Yeah. Oh. So, RJ, this movie, it's like got everything that I love. 1950s, 60s, mm-hmm. grim, realistic, beautiful black and white cinematography. It's a procedural, uh, European, and it's all it's all firing on all cylinders. Um, uh, how many cylinders would you say this is? Like six? Yeah, so it's eight. Eight? Eight cylinders, man. Shit. Um, and, you know, looking back the last few months, it feels like it's been a really long time since we watched, like, a really good movie. Um, it has been a really long yeah. time since we've watched a good movie. Like, it's like where you're like, ooh, I, I just, like, this, this movie's so good. And it's, like, actually mm-hmm. really good to watch. And it's like, man, this is, like, a movie I could recommend to, to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this movie here, it's, like, a mini a prison movie. Um it is set all in one place. You really don't mm-hmm. get to see the outdoors, save like one little sequence. And when mm-hmm. it happens, it actually has that kind of uh, effect where you're like, oh, right, the outside world. It's not just like a room with four other dudes. And you can definitely feel the temptation of like maybe just getting out of that manhole cover and catching a cab and heading down the road to see the girl. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't take like really any notes watching this movie. I just sat down and watched it. And uh, yeah, it's just so enjoyable. Um, And like, there's like sequences in this movie where it's like four minutes of continuous footage of like a guy digging. And Mm -hmm. that sounds boring. And you're kind of like, oh man, this would, depending on how the movie's made, this could really suck and really bring attention to itself. But like mm-hmm. in this, because the rhythms are down and you're actually watching uh, a struggle, you're actually watching like a calculated, uh, like again, the procedure thing, like you're watching someone actually get down to what they're having to do. There's like all these little shortcuts that the movie doesn't take because sometimes what would happen is, so I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie starts with, uh, again, Claude Gaspard. He's this young, well-kept, nice kid. Uh, finds himself in a tough spot, so he says. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, forgot about a, a lighter that uh, he didn't hand over to the guards when he uh, checked into the uh, the prison uh, while he's waiting for sentencing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and the warden, he's very impressed with this kid's like very nice demeanor and whatnot. He doesn't feel like the usual kind of scumbag that he deals with on a regular basis. Um, and so... He gets brought into a cell with four other guys, and uh, I mean, if I if I had to go to prison, the, I would mm-hmm. I I would love to be cellmates with these guys. They seem real swell, wouldn't you say? Uh, I think not just these guys. I think they're uh, the image of prison in France is something to behold. It is so glamorous, <laughs> it's so luxurious. 
It's the fanciest ass prison you've ever seen. These dudes are eating fucking faux gras and like fine jams. They're like, ooh, have some jam, some goose liver. Spread it on toast if you want. They're just like hanging out in their cells, smoking cigarettes, and eating goose liver on bread. Like, but, but it's not it, one it's of those like pretty uh, fabulous. Well, I mean, but it, it, it's intentional, right? They, they, they can't leave their cell. No, they can't leave their cell. But I mean, like, okay, so. I'm 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 stepping in a little bit, but I think it's very it paints this good picture for this movie as a whole where it's like the life in the prison isn't that bad. And I think it helps to kind of set for the end of the movie when the lead makes the decision that he does and we'll get there. But I think it's because it's like things like that where he's hanging out with these guys and they're kind of buddies. And even with the guards, the guards are pretty nice to them, too. Like, you get that scene where the, the plumbers steal all their shit. And they're like, hey, guard, can you bring those plumbers back? They stole our cigarettes. And, they're, and the guard's like, yeah, shit, I'll bring them back. And then they beat up those dudes with, like, real stiff fucking, oh, yeah, like, fucking arms. Open hand slaps. Just back and forth beat, like, man, mandoline those guys. That's a new word I made up, mandoline. Yeah. Uh, so it's like the guards are really nice to them. They have pretty wicked food, and the life there isn't that bad because they just hang out. Well, so I think I think it sets it's because it's not it's non conventional, right? Like mm-hmm. with what you would imagine. So I think it's it's very intentional in this movie for reasons that I can only guess. Well, there's like okay, so there's like kind of a that disconnect I think because I don't know what 1950s France prison system is because in this movie it seems like this guy's like in jail he's not in prison which is like the difference of like when you're like in holding and like you're like in uh, north america you can be in jail for like several years before you actually are convicted of anything and then you get sent to prison where you actually do your sentence and usually you get like double time served or something like that for like the time yeah. that you were in jail which doesn't make any sense but that's the system um so in this movie it's like you have these guys who are like it seems like everyone's waiting and they're like, but they're like, fuck this. We're, like, we're, we're, I got too many years coming my way. We're just going to get mm-hmm. out of here. And that's like one of those like kind of things that comes down whenever I think about the idea of like breaking out of jail. Because it's like, how many times like do you hear about guys who break out of jail nowadays that wind up just going back to jail? Like, there's like, what do you do? Particularly like, I think it would be, I mean, back in the, in like 1960, it would be probably a lot easier to stay out of jail than it mm-hmm. is now because what do you even do now? Like you can't like do anything without money and like yeah. all money's digital. And it's like, how do you even stay out? Like you're going to not last long. And like guys didn't last long in the sixties either. Mm-hmm. And you hear about that, like one in a hundred guys that break out successfully and stay on the run for like 30 years. But it's like, they live this life where they're always on the run. And now you have to like live with like this different type of stress of like, being caught probably all your life and having to think about going back to jail or you just do your time. Then you live with the different type of stress and like horribleness of being mm-hmm. imprisoned, which doesn't even go into the account of like, that's like if you're wrongfully accused of something, prison's scary and shitty and unfair. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're guilty, it sucks still. But in most people's view, you belong there but in movies they sympathize with you make make, you're automatically kind of more sympathetic and it's it's an interesting thing i I, that's like i mean there's so many elements of the prison movie that are fascinating to me Mm -hmm. um 
and like it's either you can go like super schlocky and make like a reform school girls type of movie like uh, I talked about in the preamble mm-hmm. um or you could have like the the Shawshank redemption uh like the, which is like you get like all the classic kind of things of like the wrong the kind of like a man who's like mm, he kind of went into a blind rage and maybe didn't kill somebody did but he was justified kind of but he's he's been put up for many many years now and mm-hmm. now he's getting raped and uh oh, this, this this movie doesn't have that element to it. it it's like pretty well like oh there's like no like fear of sexual violence going on in this movie at all um i'm not sure when that becomes a trope in prison cinema mm-hmm. Uh, because now it's like pretty I well. I think it's in Men in Black Three. Yeah, that that hits really hard. Yeah, that's like I mean, it's a whole thing about like I think there's like a r- really great super montage on YouTube about like just mm. protagonists telling like suspects or people being questioned that like they're gonna run a train on you, buddy, in jail. It's like and you're just like ha ha ha, man rape. It's funny. Mm. Or you get broomsticks run up you. And Maybe it was Deliverance that started it all. That that, and, great, that great prison flick, Deliverance. <laughs> well, no, I just mean like the idea of it, and then from there they're like, ah, where can we? They're yeah. like, we already did the Bayou or the Backcountry. Where can we increase more man on man? Yeah. But uh, you you mentioned earlier about guys escaping prison. Remember those dudes like four years ago who like stole a helicopter yeah. out of the prison? The Quebecois. <laughs> yeah. Did they ever get caught? Yes. Oh, they all got caught. They're, they're all those bikers. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes that story way less interesting and not worth bringing up. But cool. Still, there still was, a cool story. Well, they stole a helicopter. The only the ones that seem to be more successful. There's like that one where it was like 200 men escaped like a Mexican prison because of like cartel influence and stuff no, like that. Dude, that was uh, season three of Prison Break. Oh. <laughs> That's uh, that's that was TV. That wasn't real life. Yeah. Well, sure. Uh, yeah. Where, where they go to the like, the island prison where it's like gladiatorial battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, the like guards are there with them too for okay. some reason. And Fuck yeah, no, that's uh for prison break. Jesus Christ. So uh, I'll, I'll talk about prison break real quick. Uh, earlier on, we were God. talking about uh, garbage TV. I loved prison break so much. Yeah, I man. like when I got those DVD box sets came out, I would mainline those like seasons, mm-hmm. like episodes one through 22. I would watch every episode in a row in one sitting. And that's what I did with season one, season that's, two. That's worse than the, the puppet master incident. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's chronicled a, in the uh, ghoul school special, but, but prison breaks actually like a pretty entertaining show and puppet master is not entertainment. <laughs> yeah. I guess that is a big difference. Big, uh, yeah, yeah. Prison break was good. Yeah. Uh, puppet master. Yeah. Different story. Okay. So bringing it back again. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, uh, Gasper gets put in the cell with his cellies. Good guys. Geo. Uh, uh, Roland, R- Roland, Manu, and uh, Monsignor. Uh, mm-hmm. all, they all like, they see this kid roll in and they're like, well, I mean, this is the problem with the, the prison break. It's like, well, we got another guy shunted on top of us. We're folding up all these cardboard boxes for some reason. Wink. And uh, now we got to bring him in. Can we trust this kid? And uh, they, they, they go in on him and the kid's like, yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a good idea because they kind of also like say, "Hey, you're not getting out of here. You're going to get hard labor," which also says that like there's the other element of this story where mm-hmm. like they're going to get transferred to a much tougher prison, and that's a different story. It could be a uh, brawl from cell block ninety nine type of situation for all Ooh. we all know. That would be that's a good prison movie. Yeah, you want to talk about that no, instead of La Trois? <laughs> no, we're good. We we can, all, we can talk about all those prison movies if we want. Um, okay. So. Uh, the rest, of the, so the big part of this movie is 
just the how are they planning on escaping? Like what is this what is the breakout plan? And you you see it all play out. It's like the movie's just a little over two hours long and you basically spend most of it over the course of like it's like five days. I think mm-hmm. the movie takes place over three of those are like the breakout, which is them coming up with this kind of elaborate plan where they have like stuffed uh, cardboard boxes and pillows on a pulley system. That's off a guy's leg with some rope mm-hmm. to like make it look like there's two guys sleeping in the bed. So when there's the spot checks by the guards who peep in just through one little hole, they mm-hmm. see that there's five guys in there and they kind of wiggle around, make sure, Hey, see, we're here. And then the other, the two guys, the real guys, they mm-hmm. have burrowed their way through the floor and they have found their way down into the sewer system, and they're trying to make a break to get into the neighboring sewer system line in the city. That's what the movie mm-hmm. is, and it's like uh, it's the slow build because you're just watching like it's a there's no music. This movie has no score up until like mm-hmm. the, the end credits, um, and yeah. So there's like these this little beats of like the tension that builds, and there's like the one brilliant one uh that's i guess like spoiler territory is the use of the toothbrush in the mirror uh and we're like you see this used throughout the entire movie and it's just kind of like well how effective is that like i guess like like it's like kind of like the clumsiest little thing where it's like a guard could just spy this weird little thing and all it takes is a little bit of light catching that glass to create this weird little reflection and the game is up and they're like what the fuck Mm -hmm. you got in there and they're going to either find the hole they're going to flip your uh your cell they're going to take away it or they're going to like throw you in the hole when they find that you have like something you're not supposed to have Mm -hmm. um so it's like there's like this risk there, and you're like kind of like oh it's an interesting way of them watching it. It's like well, that's a simple little thing, but then it pays off huge in this movie with mm-hmm. like a real startling moment when it all comes crashing down, and the movie just fucking ramps up hard, and it's like Jesus, like I you I didn't I don't it's, I didn't, it's awesome yeah it, you do it, not it, and it's like this is when what elevates this movie from being like pretty like a good movie like this is like this is a yeah. pretty great little prison movie, and then that that scene hits and it's like holy shit, holy shit. And it just keeps mounting and mounting. And you're like, where is this going to pay? Like, where does this go? Fuck, mm-hmm. I'm feeling it. The like the loudness is picking up. The roar of the movie just, oh, and it hits. And then, like, you get this, like, total low-key, like, conclusion that's, like, barely a finish because you don't see what beyond it. But it's so mm-hmm. good because of it. You get this, like, brutally poetic conclusion. Uh, you get one line that's like, what the hell? And it's, like, so good because you're like, yeah. Poor, poor Claude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie is dope. Uh, if you haven't picked up ah, on that yet, is that what the kids say? Yep, that's what I yep. heard. That's what I heard down uh, downtown today. Kids talking mm-hmm. about dope and how they get high and stuff like that when talking about good things. I don't know uh-huh. what they were talking about, but it sounded cool. Like this movie. Uh, hey, RJ, uh, do you yep. share in my your my enthusiasm of this year flick? <laughs> Yeah, I think Latra is uh, super dope uh, or rad, as some of the oh, other kids say. Okay, I'll write that one down for next uh, time. Yeah, this was rad, or maybe rads with a Z, even at the end. Uh, so this movie succeeds in many ways. Uh, it's awesome, man. So first and foremost, it's super entertaining. And like you said, there are there are always these long shots of like breaking through cement or filing through a bar or something and they're three four minutes long and those things shouldn't be like entertaining and keep your attention yeah but they do it wouldn't be shot that way now at all like they'd be like any an editor on a movie Mm -hmm. like this would be so afraid of losing people's interest that they would never ever allow scenes like 
uh, sorry to interrupt, but like, yeah. yeah, when people are just digging and digging and digging, you're mm-hmm. watching, you're like, kind of like waiting, when's the cut coming? When are they going to cut away from this guy, like, cut like, digging through this wall? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't come when it normally would. And then, like, when they, like, you kind of have a feeling of, like, okay, they've gotten as far as they can, and now they have to go back to their cell. And you just think they're going to make this cut from them mm-hmm. finishing digging to them going back to their cell. But it's like, no, they actually play out them going back and forth to a point, mm-hmm. kind of just, like, kind of building up, like, the suspense of, like, well, you have to be quiet when you're moving through this. And you have to make sure you climb back up and mm-hmm. you have to put the pipe back into place and stuff like that. All those little things that just add to uh, the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's stuff like that, right? So, like, that's what uh, that's what I was getting at. So, this thing is, it's a slow burn and it really, ha- it get, it lets it breathe, like I think you've mentioned before for other things, they give it time to breathe. So just over two hours and they show things that wouldn't typically be shown in movies like these really prolonged shots of things that you don't shouldn't be important that you would see because you're like, oh, people will figure it out, which is true. But I think it's way more effective here because it really helps build the tension. And it's just this thick kind of atmosphere the whole time, especially because, like you said, there's no music. And I think it really adds to the, like, not like dire, but like the seriousness of it, kind of, because it's just showing them, like, just do this one task with no music. And it's kind of building the tension and showing that there's, I don't want to say like the stakes, because I don't really like when people say that, but it shows that like what they're doing has, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but like what they're, what they're doing means something right because it's like yeah this is important like you got to get this thing done now because if you don't it's all it's all over and like there's like you were saying with the little mirror on the toothbrush uh one of the characters puts it in a really good point one way where he's like it doesn't matter he's like you don't even need to look through that he's like if anyone comes we're fucked yeah and uh i think that like shows i think that line shows it better than anything else in this movie because they're like worried about that but the guy's like it doesn't matter he's like if anyone were to come We'd be done. So well, it's almost like it's something to do while they're in jail. Like they're yeah. like they're waiting for something to happen. So they're cool. Oh, it's, it's this is like a busy job. It's like uh, yeah. it's like a border collie that it needs it needs to have a, a job. And mm-hmm. it's like maybe it's going to dig under the fence because it's bored and uh, it's imprisoned in your house and it wants out. And, yeah. and this is like they don't think about well, what do you do once you're out. Like it's the whole thing is about just getting out to the street. And it's like, well, yeah, but then what? You're just going to catch a cab? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, that's what and, they said they will they'll then, do. But then what? Like, you have no, like, I don't th- you probably don't have any money when you, dine like, get dash. out. Dine and dash on the cab. Uh, yep. And then, and then the, now the police are looking for a guy who's just cheated the cab. And they're like, hey, there's also been a jailbreak. It's probably the same person. And now, mm-hmm. like, 10 times the resources are going to be down on you for mm-hmm. doing both things. Um, so it's like, yeah, there's that, that weird short sightedness and absurdity mm-hmm. of the situation of, like, escaping just because. And, like, the that cloud is going along with this plan. Um, mm-hmm. un, un, because it's been suggested to him that maybe this is a gr- this is like the best option for you. Um, yeah, no, exactly. So like that's kind of what what I'm what I'm trying to say. Like I think this the the film craft in this fresh baked artisan cinema here, uh, it's it's best <laughs> at those moments because they really let it breathe. It's a patient movie. It takes its time. It's it's got good pacing. And the way that they present stuff, there's no music, there's long shots, uh, and 
it all adds to build this tension. And I think that's what kind of really excels it. But on top of that, this movie is just super entertaining. Like uh, the guys are really um, lovable. Like mm-hmm. when you're introduced to all of them, you're like these. These are all likable guys. Mm-hmm. Like uh, not, not you don't one's gonna th- rape anybody. Maybe not, not, may, maybe Geo. Maybe Geo because he's always talking about it. There was actually one thing I thought was really funny. He's always asking that guy. He's like, "Is your wife like dirty?" And he's like, "Uh." And then he looks at the other guys and goes, "He screws," <laughs> which was uh, the equivalent of what we have now, where people go, "He fucks." It's like that guy fucks. Uh, so this guy was saying it like 50 years ago, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. But um, no, they're all like likable guys. And you never you never find out what any of them right. did to get there, which I think is the right call because that makes them more likable. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, I'm here for life. And it's like, what did you do? He's like, oh, I raped like all these people. I'm on your uh, serious kitty raper beef. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, maybe you should stay here. I don't want to want you back out there, but uh, they don't do that. So it's like there's no reason to even uh, to confuse the viewer and make them like feel complicated. Where they're like, oh, should I root for this guy? Like on the one hand, it's exciting to see him escape, but on the other hand, there's going to be so many raped guys <laughs> once he gets out. Like, so they they don't do that, and that's good. So it's entertaining in the sense, or they do the right, the right call where the guys are all likable, and then uh, I think the dialogue is interesting for a lot of them. Where some some of the time it's just really plain stuff, mm-hmm. where you're just like, my favorite was when the two guards come in the cellar, and the guy was like, yeah, uh, yeah, her husband uh, was a fur trader, but you know that's another trade that's uh, just dead now, and I thought that was really, I I really like that because it's one of those one of those Woody Allen moments where it's like, ah, people are always pining for the past, but <laughs> that's my Woody Allen. It's like, but things are always the same. A real midnight in Paris moment. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, do you know what I mean? Like the sentiment of it where sure. he's like, he's like, yeah, there's dying trades and it's like, that'll never come back. Like people, people talk about shit like that all the time. And it's like, they were doing it 60 years ago too. So, um, I like the dialogue and stuff like that, but the scenes that aren't the long shots, I think, are put together really well. So I really like the scene where uh, the guard is going through the packages and he's got that knife on a rope and he's just cutting through everything into like quarters to make oh, sure yeah, there's yeah. nothing hidden in it. Uh, I think that scene is shown really well because it's just it's really simple and it just shows this guy cutting stuff and you're like, yeah, that's awesome. But there's a, a really confusing thing there where some guy gets like boiled eggs and the guard spins them. And I was like, "Why are you spinning those eggs? <laughs> like, what does that, what does that do?" Uh, making sure they're hard boiled. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? It's very weird. But uh, yeah, I don't know. They do a lot. I, of good well, stuff. I guess the idea is that if there's any, I don't know. Maybe they're like uncooked yep. eggs, and they're shaking around to see if, uh, you know, if they were not hard boiled eggs, if they rattle around. Maybe someone stuck mm. something in there. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, Maybe. I'm not, I don't have the criminal mind, I guess, for this sort of thing. Well, I don't know. I was just, I thought it was really weird that he spun those eggs. But uh, no, yeah. And then there's the things like that we already mentioned, that this is like the most luxurious fucking prison in the world. And it's unconventional because it's like, oh, that's not usually what you see. Like you said. It's a real club fed. Yeah. The threat of rape isn't there for all these guys. And uh, you're like, oh, man, it's (laughs) it's not that bad. And like like I said before, I think it kind of like, not justifies, but like gives some weight to the decision made at the end, uh, in the sense that it's just like, it's like that guy, he's on his way out, and 
his prison life isn't that bad. He's getting like uh, smoked fish and fucking giant fucking sausages and fine cheeses and stuff like that and yeah, cigarettes. But that prospect of doing it for 25 years, though. Uh, well, yeah, but like for him, you know. And he's got that fine sister of the uh, wife he shot. That's right. That's yeah. right. Who does? Yeah, who hasn't been in that situation? Yeah. All, yeah, all this... 17 years old. Mm-hmm. She's not going to stick around. Yeah. So, gross. Uh, but anyways, so I, I was talking about, like, general things about the movie that I enjoyed. But I have a few, because I also didn't have a ton of notes. But I did have a few things that I thought were really stuck out to me. Yeah. Uh, the first was the double late, uh, the two ladle double scoop. So when they're doing the soups, there's a guy walking by and he's got two oh, pots yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's got a ladle on each probably and he got in the same bucket. It's just one scoop from one, one scoop of the other. Probably the broth. I'm assuming that's one's the broth and one's like the noodle or the, that's the, veg. yeah, that's what I thought too. But I just like seeing that because yeah. it's like, it's the structure and the regiment of prison life, man. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, I like those double scoops. Mm hmm. Uh, I talked about the guys. Well, there's, spinning. there's the bit where like they're uh, after they get their soup and they sit down, and they start eating, and mm-hmm. then like one guy's like, "Oh, I gotta go piss," and that's like, "Oh yeah, now you just get to watch like this guy taking a piss, piss in, in front the of corner. you, and yeah. then you, you get to hear it, you get to smell mm-hmm. it, watch it, and that's your life. You're gonna be watching other dudes taking a piss. And it's a, such a subtle little thing, and you're like, well, that's not a big deal necessarily, but you're like, no. That would uh, yeah, that would get real old, real fast. A room, fast. A room with five guys, especially on the night where asparagus is in that uh, soup. I was thinking even the other way. They never like they show the guy pissing, but they never show no, a guy dropping no, ass no, on that no, thing. No, yeah, no one's uh, no one's taking uh, their dumping uh, heavy sitting on that throne. Which you know, five guys. I would guarantee you, once every two hours, one guy is going to be on that toilet. Oh yeah, I guarantee it. Yeah, that and doesn't then, come up. <laughs> Yeah, and so it's like they probably only give you like one roll of toilet paper a day, and I don't think I could share that with five other guys. So yeah, th- those parts of prison aren't as luxurious, no. I suppose. No sir. Uh, but uh, no, it's see, it's a good contrast. They show you the dudes eating the faux gras, and then they show you the dudes taking piss it's, right it's, right beside the it's faux the, gras. It's the sour with the sweet. The sour with the sweet. Yeah, see, that's what people say about you and me. That's right. The, the sour with the sweet. But there's lots of good stuff in there that I like. Uh, like when they're eating those things, there's a really nice scene where it's just all five of those guys and they're just eating and they're just sitting beside each other. And it doesn't go on for like four minutes. It's maybe 20 seconds. But I enjoyed it because like the four guys are sitting, eat, eating, and then the rolling guys at the end just smoking. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really nice, quiet moment with – these guys kind of hanging out. And I think that's what this movie is best. That's the best way to describe this movie. It's a lot of really nice kind of quiet moments that not, not in the literal sense, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all these things that are building towards this other thing. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. There, there's, uh, there's other good prison things like the, uh, messages, the packages that they send oh, via yeah. rope. Uh, yeah. That's uh, a really outside. fascinating. Yeah. I love the sound effect on that too. The, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. like so kind of like it borders on cartoonish, but it gets the point yeah. across well. And then that's followed up by like the fucking use of the thunderous sound of them hammering through the concrete. Mm-hmm. It is so ramp- amped up and like loud and you're just like, yeah. oh, and like there's it's sold well by uh, Claude who's like covering his ears because he's just like, it's just like the crushing uh, mm-hmm. fear of being caught. Caught. And, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome, and it they show that in a like the way that they present that is awesome too because they do that package scene, and then the one guy like yells out to the other inmate, he's like, "Oh, the guards are coming. No more packages today." Today, and the other inmate's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." But then, but then they just start wailing on the ground, and uh, like you said, the guy's covering his ears because it's like, "Holy shit, that's got to be loud." Yeah. But it's covered up by the construction, which was actually uh, something to mention, too, because at one point in this movie, I was like, I was like, I don't know, maybe the one the one crux to this is that why don't they just wait until that guy leaves the cell? But they can't because they're on time because they got the boxes and they have the cover of construction at the same time to mask the sound. Yeah, it had to be done. So it's everything's kind of everything fits really nicely where there's an explanation for why they mm-hmm. do things the way that they well, do things. Yeah, and then there's like kind of this like weird slow build up background thing where like the guy has sort of his like initial thing about the lighter being found on him and the warden now he's like he's brought to the attention of the warden and then like after he meets Mm -hmm. up with uh his main squeeze he like absent-mindedly wanders off to the wrong cell that he was in before and it's brilliant Mm -hmm. like it's so smart because you're like yeah like people would could legitimately do that when they lose themselves completely Mm -hmm. make an accident like that but in jail like people like spaz out because they're such control freaks and Mm -hmm. they're they're going to punish you for like making an innocent mistake um and then he's like it's like again some attention from the board he's like this is a good guy i'm gonna i'm gonna see about helping this guy out Mm -hmm. and then he gets special and then it's like oh and then like right the day before they're going to break out and uh claude's like this is the best I've ever felt in my life. I feel like I'm really like, I'm hanging out with dudes. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, I have a job. I'm not just like rich and like doing nothing with my life. Like this is like finally like I'm working with my hands. I'm helping out my fellow man. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you're free. And now he's like, shit, this is like way better than breaking out. Uh, what the fuck do I do? And he fucking squeals. Yes, he does. And so... I mean, if you're listening to this, spoilers, but I mean, you probably know that. We've mentioned it a few times. I think, like, as you said, the payoff to the that oh. final, mm-hmm. like, the final scenes there is so good because you get the you get the payoff with the mirror and then that creeping dread when the camera just cuts to him and he's kind of standing by himself and you can, you just see, like, fear in his face and then the loudest screech comes out of him. Man, I just like I had goosebumps at that scene. I was like, "Yeah, well, that the, like, the, this is why you watch movies." Because well, the whole movie, you have the 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 mirror on the toothbrush being flipped back and forth, mm-hmm. and you never see anything that you don't expect. And then the whole movie builds to him flipping it over, and you see thirty guards all staring right at you because of the way the reflection works, and they're like at you, staring at you in the audience, and you yeah. go, "Oh, whoa." That's like, cause you know, like something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like what's going to, what's, what's going to happen. And then there it is. And they're like, Jesus Christ, they're onto us. And the guy's like, in the situation of like, Oh crap. They know that I've ratted them out. And he starts mm-hmm. screaming. Cause he's like, Jesus, they're going to fucking kill me if you don't get in here. And you get that intention. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the whole like cell block starts freaking out and just clamoring. Cause they love shit happening to other people. Cause what else do you do in jail? Uh, mm-hmm. men getting stripped down. Yeah. And, and, and then you keep thinking like, but it's just like the, the use of sound, the, the cacophony of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're just like waiting, waiting, waiting. And you're like, you get that, the shot of like, um, not the warden, but like the, the supervisor on the floor. And you get kind of like that look of him where he's like, he looks at claw and he's just like, mm-hmm. geez, dude, uh, man, 
like he's even disappointed in him. <laughs> and then you get the you get Roland's look. Uh, who uh, the guy who plays him, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jean Carradi, uh, he actually is not an actor. He's a non-professional actor, but he actually did uh, attempt to break out of jail like three years earlier. He, so <laughs> I was kind of confused at the intro because I was like, because yeah. it's like, so are they saying that it was his story? Yeah. And then it's like, kinda. oh, so they just cast him in this because he knew <laughs> about it. Yeah. But then the way that it ends, I was like, okay, wait. I was like, I'm confused. I didn't bother looking it up. So it's, uh, it's based I watched, on. Yeah. I, is, I was like, I'll let Jared tell me. Yeah. So it's based on a book from 1957, um, which is like kind of loosely based on a real prison break attempt in France at the time. That's yeah. that's about it. And this guy, I guess, is, was part of that attempt. And I guess at some point he got out and he's in a movie because that's France. Mm-hmm. You can uh, be a criminal and turn into an actor. Who gives a shit? It's very uh, Werner Herzog-ish. Well, isn't that what happened with uh, your buddy Roman Polanski? Uh, who uh, I'll throw out the so the the striking cinematography in this film. Uh, mm-hmm. Ghislaine Cloquette. Uh, he also shot uh, Mickey One, which is like uh, Warren Beatty movie that was like the early like Hollywood attempt at doing uh, uh, French new wave stuff. Uh, and it's like more, it's mostly just famous for like the way it's shot. Uh, one of my faves, Al Hazal Balthazar, uh, Robert Bresson's movie, uh, and Tess, uh, the Roman Polanski movie. That's also in the Criterion collection. See, it all comes back. All comes back. Um, yeah, unless you're uh, director, uh, Jacques Becker, who died like shortly after finishing shooting this movie. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say I've never heard of this dude before. Ever after I watched it, I was like, "What else has this guy made?" Well, he's made. And a then few, I was like, like oh, "At least there's one." Uh, there's at least yeah. one other movie that is in the Criterion with uh, Jean Gabin in it. Uh, mm-hmm. But so yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, this movie's like quite, uh, quite, quite nice. And Striking. of course, and of course, uh, RJ, it's out mm-hmm. of print. Uh, and because uh, it's because it's uh, Studio Canal, I believe, who owns the rights to yeah. this. And when they uh, pulled uh, out of Criterion, they took all these deals with them, including this movie. So, uh, yeah, you have to to watch this. You got to go find an old DVD because who knows when it's ever going to come out in HD? Which is too bad because this movie could probably use that little bit of love and having a nice permanent version that people can watch, other than being like, "What's that, Latrow?" And uh, be like, what's that thing about? I'd heard about this movie like some years ago, like when I was looking up prison movies. And this movie's like so well regarded. And I was like, oh, I got to watch that one day. And here we uh-huh. are. It's very, uh, it kind of reminds me of like a William Friedkin movie in the best ways. Um, yeah, I can see why you would say that. Like yeah. it is, it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the essence of it is. That is kind of like a yeah. freaking, man, but when you said man, that, it was like it's man times, like wages yeah. of fear, which is like sorcerer, I guess French connection, mm-hmm. man, man. There's just like, yeah. When you have all these, uh, masculine dudes doing man stuff and failing and like, well, there's like, yeah, there's one scene like mm-hmm. we didn't even talk about. That's like super good too, is, uh, when there's the cave in, uh, oh, and yeah, like, that's you good. get the crazy dig for uh, Roland has for looking for uh, I guess it's Geo, right? And like, mm-hmm. but you're because you're when I was watching that scene, the lead up to it, I'm like, they don't have any bracing or scaffold like holding that like deep mm-hmm. hole in place. Like, that's not that's a risk. And then, sure enough, like three minutes later, I'm like, you get this like weird like sound, you're like, whoa, oh shit. And then you like start realizing, I'm like, oh man, are they are they gonna kill him off? And you're like, wait, if they kill him off. They're not going to be able to explain where he went. And you're like, shit, mm-hmm. like that, there's like so many ramifications. It's like, yeah, they have to find him alive. Otherwise, not only is the guy dead, but you're also caught. And whatever mm-hmm. punishment you get for trying to break out of jail goes along with it. And you get that big hand grab. It's so good. 
that big hand grab. I guess that's how you could summarize the entire Criterion Collection. Yeah. That big hand grab. Speaking of big, uh, you know what? One other thing that I really enjoyed about this movie was? What? When they're in the cellars and the guards come in and they have to hide uh, too tall and they move around the pillar on uh, standing on the other guy's shoulders. Yeah. Uh, that scene is hilarious. <laughs> uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Did you did you not get enjoyment out of that? I guess not because I don't even really remember that bit. It's like, okay, so the guards come in and they go to stamp in. And then they go on the side of the pillar, and then it's Roland and the other guy standing on uh, his shoulders, and yeah. they shimmy around the the pillar as the <laughs> guards walk around. It's it's awesome. It's like Looney Tunes style stuff. Well, you know, maybe I got a, a an annoying text message at that very moment and was looking at that while that transpired. Damn it! You missed it, man. I guess I'll have to watch it, it again was someday. At never. Fifty four minutes. Cool. I was gonna get a screenshot for the Instagram. Uh, yeah, someone's got to put stuff out on that Instagram. Well, you know, hey, RJ, you know that, uh, I don't know if you recall this, but Criterion does have a history with the prison movie, because uh, and, and even the prison break, because the very first film in the Criterion collection, Grand Illusion, yeah. it's all about that prison break. But it's Isn't that a, it's, all it's, about that great escape yeah, prison break? sure is. So the very first movie in that Criterion collection is all about that. And here we are once again. And there's a bunch of movies, too, that are uh, prison movies. In fact, there's another uh, great piece of uh, prison breaking, uh, uh, A Man Escaped, uh, the mm-hmm. Robert Brisson movie. That movie is also fantastic, maybe even better than uh, La Trobe. Um, mm-hmm. what, what else have we got here? Uh, Brute Force which with, with uh, Burt Lancaster, Don mm-hmm. Siegel, hard-hitting uh bit grimmer American uh, affair. Uh, Birdman from Alcatraz is Criterion now too, I do believe. Right? Mm. I think. Birdman from Alcatraz? Yeah. Uh, maybe. I think. Hey, I... isn't Grand Illusion, when, while we're on the subject, isn't that like season four of Prison Break? No. Uh, they're, when they're on the run? In World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There's some uh, Riot in Cell Block 11. Oh, maybe. Oh, you know what? what about Brawl no, see, and that, Block, that, uh, that's Don Siegel. Brute Force was uh, Jules Das Dassin. Uh, that Jules fella, who directed that Raf- who directed uh, Rafifi. Which, well, okay. which this movie kind of has a, uh, a Rafifi vibe I, to it, being French it and black and white, and being about man times and yeah. a bit very procedural. It does have a uh, Rafifi vibe. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed this a lot more than Rafifi. Yeah, I, I I agree. This movie yeah. is. Uh, so you were mentioning the last first good movie we've seen in a long time. The last one we probably saw was two and a half months ago with The Rock. <laughs> and then uh, I was looking through and there were some good movies. But the last like really good movie I think we watched was uh, Do the Right Thing. And that was six months oh, ago. Lady Eve was really good, too. Yeah, Lady Eve was really yeah. good, too. But anyways, it's it's been a, it's been a while. So bit of a dry spell. That's all like, it is on this fucking show. Well, I think I think it's going to turn around here real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Well, almost. We, 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 you we said have, it. We're actually coming into the point uh, in my Criterion Collection collecting uh, where this was like I was buying Criterions when these movies actually were coming out because mm-hmm. uh, I had a disposable income. So this this era is like when I have uh, a weird nostalgia as being a consumer. <laughs> disposable income. He just loves to rub it in my face. <laughs> That's right. What a prick. Well, RJ, you know, it's not all smiles and sunshine because, you know, no. I, I was really not looking forward to uh, having to like just look at who hates who hates this movie. Is there anybody that hates this movie? Well, 
Well, yeah, there always is, RJ. There's always some Chumps. some turd sandwich coming along. Chumps. Who have a different opinion than us, or the wrong opinion. Um, let's see what well, we got what here. <clears throat> Keenan. Keenan D, one mm. and a half star. Come on. Ex- expected to find a hidden gem. Needless to say, I did not. That is all Keenan G has to say. D. Keenan D. Uh, I'm a little bit behind here. Let me uh, look up this Keenan D. Okay, so, well, I'm there. Uh, Keenan D is pretentious. He's got some Buster Keat movies in his favorite. Something called Santan Tango. Ooh, oh, a man yeah. escaped. You were just talking about hey. that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the Gleaners. Oh, wow, that is the uh, Gleaners and I. Agnes Varda. Ooh, Agnes yeah. Varda. God dang. Yeah, that's uh, Keenan. Sounds like the poster child of the guy who like you pants and then kick into the girls' washroom in junior high. Yeah, the Jarrett Duncan of the world. But he also <laughs> gave. Uh, he only has like six five star movies, and one of them is also Princess Mononoke. So that definitely was the kid in junior high that you pantsed and uh, pushed into the bathroom. Yeah. Or out of the bathroom. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, Monica, two and a half stars in her March Around the World 2017. Mm-hmm. Ten highest rated films from each decade that I haven't seen. And she writes, I probably would have enjoyed this a fraction more in the cinema in a more focused atmosphere. It's a very artfully made film, and I understand the praise it gets, but I didn't enjoy it that much. I never really got into that into the characters which I think is where this film lost me. I guess, I mean, I mean, the characters are so broadly drawn that I guess like you either are along for the ride, but I mean, so the actors, I mean, yeah, as I mentioned, like, I think they were like all, like most of them were like unprofessional, non-professional, not unprofessional, non-professional mm-hmm. actors. Um, but like, I thought like, I didn't even know that going in watching this movie and I thought they no? were like pretty good. Like I wasn't, I wasn't do it. I didn't know the, like I found that like there was like more, uh, kind of weird clunky acting in uh, mm-hmm. some of those drier movies we watched the last couple of weeks than in this. Yeah. Well, here's the thing though about Monica, Jared. She's a Polish girl in her thirties. She's living in the UK. She's really into Bollywood. And uh, wouldn't you know, she's writing her first screenplay right now. Some of her favorite films include Harry Potter three prisoner of Azkaban die hard. Cleo from five to seven. What? That's no one's favorite movie. Come on. Wow, it's all this it's Agnes Varda back to back here. Yeah, this is uh this is stuff I I don't like this stuff, Jared. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, you're right. They, we did get some dry type of film. Yeah. Some dry artisan film craft right there. Yeah, crusty bread. Uh SJ Honeywell, two and a mm-hmm. half stars. Critics love this film, so why don't I? It tries to be Bresson and fails. Yeah, you know what else this guy loves? Star Wars The Last Jedi. Four stars. Also, in his favorite films, from your buddy GDT, The Devil's Backbone. From your buddy uh, Alfred Hitchcock, North by Northwest. But then also, your buddy Danny Boyle, with 28, uh, 28 Days Later. And also, your buddy George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. With Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. All people of the world. Oh, he also gave Fight Club five stars. There you go, folks. <laughs> there you go. That's all you need to know about this guy right here. Yeah. But yeah, hell. Uh, this is a good movie, RJ. 
Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. This was a good movie. Yeah. Very good. Real, real good. Real good. Check it out. Find yourself a copy. Try it out. Yeah. I uh, watched it on Canopy. Oh, it's on Canopy? Wink. What happens when yeah, I can't don't, don't what, what happens when I can't find it on Canopy? Wink. <laughs> Lovely. Check it out. Lovely. Maybe you could get it through an uh, interlibrary loan. That's right. Or turn your computer on. Sure. Okay. Any last words? Um. No, uh, I like this movie. No. I don't know why they spun those eggs, but uh, this was a good show. <laughs> I yeah, no, it, it's like you said. It was nice to have a really good movie since we haven't had one for a while. That's right. So, and it was a surprise because uh, neither of us have seen it, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't know much about this Latra. So, uh, what a nice little treat. True. True. Latra. <sighs> After the break, I'm selling RJ down the river. Which river? The river of life. I woke up on the cement floor this morning. My head felt like somebody been a walking on it. I don't know how I got here. I don't remember nothing at all. But if I done all the things that they said I did, well, I sure must have had a ball. But in 30 more days, I'm going back home to see that gal of mine. But the Wichita jail is a long, long way from the Tupelo County line. I gotta do my time But I ain't gotta send all the money I had I spent it You know what was really missing from La True, RJ? That rape? Shivin. No one got, not one shiv. Mm. If you want to watch some shivin stuff, you could watch that, uh, what was that, Reform School Girls. Yeah. There's some uh, toothbrush razor blades in that bad boy. Yeah. But no one gets stabbed. Yeah. Guess open hand slaps. An ass branding. <laughs> That's uh, leave that to Oz. Oh, do they do that in Oz? It's like the first episode. Is Oz gets gets ass a branding? gets a fucking gets a swastika like I think it's branded or carved into his ass. First night in prison. Oh, Beecher, you poor son of a bitch. Uh, do you think uh, do you think we should do that? We'll get the Criterion Creeps logo branded. <laughs> Right on that butt cheek. Yeah. Oh, man. There was a period of time, uh, my friends and I, uh, we, were, we just came off watching all of Oz, and boy, we just loved calling each other Prague all the time. It was, I've never seen Oggs. Oh, fuck, man. You're you're mid- J- J.K. Simons at his best. Soldier. Should I watch Oz or True Blood or <sighs> Dragon Ball Z movies? Oh, my God. So... Uh, there's probably elements of Oz that have like aged horribly in the way that like it's like art house 90s stuff it was just like it was bad even like 15 years ago when I was watching we were like who boy but man there's some good quality actors good characters uh, it, it ramps up shit really nice Abadisi mm-hmm. still one of my boys uh, yeah that show was Abadisi awesome. Abadisi uh, Killer, oh, cool. Killer Croc from Suicide Squad ah nice yeah yeah, nice. he, yeah, now you're yeah, talking my yeah, language. He, he, he's so good. Uh, that that whole show, I have a real soft spot for that Oz. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you can find us on Instagram. 
Oh yeah, and you can create uh, uh, email email at criteriancrease at gmail dot com. You can tell us about prison, if or maybe you are in prison, and you can tell us what it's Ooh, really like. That'd be cool. Yeah, come on, inmates. I don't know. Uh, yeah, listening, spending your time listening to the Criterion Cruise I'll, podcast. I'll send you my my snap and send you pictures of my underpants. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. <laughs> We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a Patreon. It's it's climbing and climbing. You're 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 gonna make all of us rich by <gasps> making us rich. You know, if we make enough money one day, I can retire and uh, I can buy more Criterions. You still work. Yeah, but uh, I'll be okay course uh we're on soundcloud stitcher itunes we've got that youtube as well that's just all the hotness right now that youtube Mm. hey next week though we got some czech cinema czech czech is this a new for us uh i think it might be at this point in our timeline yeah uh the shop on main street from 1965 directed by jan kadar and elmer kloss uh, I uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I don't. I these are just movies that are titles. They're the, the next two weeks. These are just titles that exist. I have no idea what they're about. So that sounds horrible. We're, we're gonna, there's no one breaking out of prison. So I don't um, know. I'm not into this anymore. Okay. Well, this yeah. podcast. Well, we'll talk about it next week. Mm, you might talk about it next week. Good night.